Hi, this is Nathan. Before we get to the episode, I want to invite you to join me on an incredible adventure this November of 2024. I am taking a small group of believers to Turkey, what the New Testament called Asia Minor, for a 12-day Bible study tour of the early church. We'll be studying the book of Acts and many of the epistles on location as we visit ancient cities like Ephesus, Laodicea, Heropolis, Antioch, Pergamum, and many more. If you are interested in joining me this November for a once-in-a-lifetime adventure as we study where much of the New Testament and early church took place, you can learn more by going to deeperchristian.com forward slash turkey. And if you're interested, don't delay. Spots are limited and on a first-come, first-served basis, and a $100 discount is available if you register before May 27th. I do hope you can join me. And again, more information is available at deeperchristian.com forward slash turkey. Now, here's the episode. Welcome to episode 226 of the Deeper Christian Podcast. This is the podcast to help you study God's word, know Jesus intimately, and discover how you can build your life around Jesus Christ. I'm Nathan Johnson, and in today's episode, I want to talk about three practical realities that the advent of Jesus means in our lives. Let's dive in. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the coming of our King, and we're in the middle of a little Advent season, this little Advent mini-series here on the podcast, and we've been talking about some profundities of just recognizing what does it mean for Jesus to come as our king. And I just thought it'd be kind of fun in this particular episode to give three practical realities of what does it mean for Jesus to have come in the flesh? And then what does that practically mean for how we should live today? So here are my three ideas. Number one is the idea of humility. Now we talked about this back in episode 224, this idea that Jesus Though he is king of kings and lord of lords and creator of the universe, he should have been born in a palace or at least a nice hospital, but rather he chose to humble himself and be born in a little tiny backaway town in not even a house, but a stable. Isn't it profound that when God came and took on flesh, it is marked by humility. In fact, all of Jesus's life is marked by humility. When when you take a scan of all the gospels, it is so profound to me how 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 often Jesus is stooping and serving and rolling up his sleeves and washing feet. And Jesus says, "Hey, I did not come to serve myself. I did not come to be served. I have come to serve and pour my life out as a ransom for many." Jesus took the humble position of a servant. That that Jesus came and he stooped and he he humbled himself. In fact, Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 through 8 says that Jesus, who, though he's in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a slave and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Do you see that humility marked the life, but specifically the birth of Jesus? 
he was not born in a great palace or he did not, you know, he wasn't announced with a great trumpet blast. Rather, he was born in a rather humble town, in a rather humble means with just, well, Mary, Joseph, a few animals and some shepherds. And wouldn't it be interesting if that same characteristic of humility would mark our lives as well? In that same passage, Philippians 2, in verse 5, Paul commands us to have the same mind or attitude or perspective or orientation of thought that Jesus had. And then he gets into that passage I just read in verses 6 through 8, saying, here's Jesus who is God, and yet he stooped, he, he had no reputation, he took on the form of a servant and and he washed feet, he He humbled himself and was obedient even to the point of death on a cross. And Paul is saying, you are to have that same mindset, that same focus, that same attitude, that that same thrust is to be inside of you. In the upper room, after Jesus washed the feet of the disciples, listen to what Jesus said. This is John chapter 13, starting in verse 12. He says, do you know what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. Can I encourage you as we celebrate this season of our King Would you allow the humility that Jesus portrayed every moment of his life, would you realize that that is to mark our lives as well, that we are to clothe ourselves with humility, as Peter tells us, that that should be a defining characteristic along with love for every single Christian, that we are not to be haughty. We are not to be self-centered. We are not to be focused upon our needs and our wants and our selfishness. Rather, we are to turn outward and live and think and behave with humility. Number two, another idea for this season that you just see clearly demonstrated in Jesus that I think is so practical for our lives today is this idea of chutzpah. (laughs) I I needed something that starts with an H. Uh, But there's this, you know, you have the humility and then chutzpah. Chutzpah is this idea of overwhelming audacity or boldness. And may sound rather counterintuitive because, well, if we're supposed to be marked by humility, well, how on earth are we going to also walk in chutzpah? But here's this idea, that when Jesus came, he came with great audacity and boldness in what he was doing and accomplishing. When you go back into Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, God is giving the curse upon humanity and the serpent. Adam and Eve just sinned and and he's talking about the curse that they're going to have to endure because of sin. And when he talked to the serpent, listen to what the curse was to the serpent. And again, this is a future prophetic announcement speaking of the cross. And God said in verse 15 of chapter 3 of Genesis, I will put enmity between you and the woman between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. I love this prophetic announcement. It's the first prophecy given in scripture. And the idea is God is looking at the serpent saying, all right, the seed of the woman. And again, there's such a profundity in this passage that 
it is the seed of the woman who is going to be accomplishing this. That the same one who was deceived, Eve, it's going to be her offspring that is going to bring about the destruction of the serpent. And God says, look, you are going to bite his heel. You're going to think that you have him and that your poisonous bite is going to bring about his death. And of course, he's speaking about the cross, that you're going to place him upon a cross and you think that that bite on his heel is going to bring about his death. But ultimately, what it's actually going to do is going to slam down upon your head, O serpent, and you will be destroyed. So when you come to the Gospels then and you look at the the life of Jesus, what you see is the fulfillment of Genesis 3.15. That, that here is Jesus, and yes, he goes to a cross, but yet in the midst of what the enemy thinks is the destruction or the death of Christ, ultimately becomes the flip that causes the enemy to be dethroned and destroyed. What an incredible underdog story. I mean, this is so good. And do you realize that Jesus boldly went to his death? And it tells us in the gospels that had he wanted to escape, he could have called legions of angels to help him. He watched as Judas came down from Jerusalem across the brook Kidron over to the Mount of Olives. Jesus could have escaped. And yet he willingly allowed himself to be taken and to be crucified. That ultimately Jesus did not die at the hand of the Romans. He gave up his spirit. And you see this grand boldness and audacity in the life of Jesus because he has, an, a, he has a purpose and a plan he is accomplishing. He is saving the world. He has chutzpah. That's <laughs> a great word. Wouldn't it be interesting if you and I are to live that same way? We live in a very dark age. And, and granted, it's not the darkest it's ever been in human history. But at least in our generation, things are getting darker. Things are getting harder There's a lot more oppression happening than ever before, at least in our lifetimes. Wouldn't it be interesting if all that the birth of Christ brought would enable you to live with chutzpah, that you could actually walk with boldness and confidence, knowing that our God has won, that that we do not have to live in fear. We're told in Hebrews chapter 13, verse five and six, that he will never, ever, ever leave us or forsake us. And if that is true, which it is, well, then whom shall we to fear? What could humanity do to us? We have the God of the universe on our side. We are triumphant. We are more than conquerors. There is no reason to fear. So what if we took our commission seriously? What if we, like Christ, would walk in our calling with chutzpah? that we would realize that there is a commission upon our lives to share this grand and glorious gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And he has enabled and supplied all things that we need for life and for godliness. He wins and we are his people, which means we in him are more than conquerors. So what if we lived in that reality? We are Christians. So number one is this idea of humility. Number two is this idea of chutzpah. And number three is this idea of hope. One of the things I love about this season as we celebrate Jesus is the fact that it's all about hope. 
It does not matter your past. It does not matter your heritage. It does not matter where you live. We all need Jesus. He is the one who doesn't just merely bring hope. He is hope itself. Listen to what Peter says in 1 Peter 3.15. He says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. See, we should always have an answer ready for those who ask us about the hope that we have. See, Jesus is our hope. He has given us all things that we need for life and for godliness. And as such, that should be clearly evident by how we talk, how we think, and how we live. What would it mean if you and I actually lived as Christians in this dark and dreary day? What if in this generation, in this season, though the culture is so distracted by all the nonsense swirling around us, what would it mean if you and I would boldly stand upon the word of God, that we would be so filled with the life of Christ within us, that the world would say, what is it that you have? And we would say, well, let me tell you about the hope that lies within us. It's Jesus. And may I encourage you in this Christmas season to realize that Jesus is our hope, that he didn't just come to bring some hope as if it's some you know little trinket that he wants to hand you. Rather, he wants you to embrace himself, that he is the gift itself. He is all that we need. And what would it mean if we were so filled up with him that the world would crave to have that very thing that resides inside of you, him? (laughs) Oh, what a glorious reality that would be when the world sees Jesus in and through our lives. This world is desperately looking for hope, but it is looking for hope in all the wrong places. And yet you and I have the privilege of declaring that hope once again. So in this Christmas season, may I encourage you to follow the path of Christ and walk in humility, chutzpah, and hope. Regardless of what you're going through this season, regardless of the difficulty you may be facing, would you walk through that with humility, with chutzpah and hope. When you look to the future days ahead and regardless of whether you think it's doom and gloom or whether it's full of excitement, would you walk in the days ahead full of humility, chutzpah, and hope? Well, I for one am so excited for this season in which we're in because I want to just delight myself afresh in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And that's my prayer for you as well. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Deeper Christian Podcast. For show notes of this episode, please visit deeperchristian.com forward slash 226 for episode 226. And I hope you'll join me next week as we wrap up this little mini series talking about the advent or the coming of our King. Until then, know I'm cheering you on and praying for you as you build your life around Jesus Christ.